Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today's guest is somebody that I'm looking forward to interviewing. It's somebody that I had met and connected with on LinkedIn. Her focus is primarily in consulting startup businesses, business foundations, business resource, and business strategy. She's got a very extensive background in helping businesses thrive and succeed in today's wild and changing market. And I'm looking forward to this interview and hearing what she has to say and how we can all take this information and apply it into our business. So without further ado, Lisa Myers, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, David, and this opportunity to just have a great conversation and hopefully be of sort of service to you and your, your audience. Absolutely. We appreciate you having you on. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and what, uh, you know, what led you to consulting and, and how you've been able to help businesses. Absolutely. So uh, going back a ways. <laughs> so I graduated from cosmetology school in uh, 1994. And so that's a long, lot of years ago. Some of you may not have even been born then. But anyway, <laughs> um, and my, my idea was just, you know, hey, having a client and working and, you know, um, and from that 90 days out of cosmetology school, I was a business owner. I had no idea what that meant and I, I, I hadn't planned. And what had happened was the business owner where the salon I went was talking about that this was her retirement salon. And, and so I just approached her. I said, hey, you know, when you get to get ready to retire in a couple of years, I you know, might be in a position to buy the salon. And she says, are you serious? And I said, well, in a few years, you know, I might be able to do that. And so a month later, she came back and she said, my husband's been transferred to Idaho. Are you serious about the salon? Now, this was just a very small uh, four chair, you know, salon. And back then it was uh, shampoo set ladies. So this was your like your grandma's, <laughs> your oh, mom's yeah. hair. And they were dedicated. They would come every week. They would get their hair cut and colored every six weeks or, you know, and so forth. And so. You know, it's a way of building a solid uh, foundation. However, and she said that she'd stay there and help me and help, you know, help me navigate because, again, I had no clue what running a business was. Well, as soon as the sale went through, I didn't know how to negotiate a sale, first of all. I didn't know how to negotiate a lease correctly and understand that all contracts are written by other attorneys for their clients, not for you. So we come from this naivety that we think, oh, they're there, you know, and they're honest and they're helping and they're, you know, and that's not, not always the case. So anyway, all, so as soon as the sale went through, all of a sudden she wasn't available and the clients she gave me were on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, some just names, some, a couple phone numbers, nothing. 
So I had no clue. I was starting basically from scratch. And a, an amazing book, if you haven't already read it, it's called The E-Myth. And he talks about the, the you know, a failure in essence is that a technician thinks that they know the trade so they also know how to run a business. And that is absolutely wrong And that. I knew the business, or I knew hair, I knew you know that, but I had no clue on what the business. And so I made a lot of costly mistakes. Um, I made, you know, I, and all of a sudden now I'm trying to, I have to work on clients to pay the bills. And so I don't have time to work on the business. And basically when that happens, you're working in, you know, challenges, you know, this problem's coming up and this problem's coming up and this problem's coming up. And, and so, um, a lot of costly mistakes, a lot of costly mistakes. And then, and so I had to jump into education. Um, I did a couple things, right. <laughs> and one of those was I wanted to find out like what my competition was. Right. So I went to another salon that was just around the corner and I went and got my hair done. And it had happened that that day it was the, uh, the owner of the salon was doing my hair. And so he says, you know, hey, what are you doing that you're coming in? It was kind of in the middle of the day. And I said, well, actually, and he said, what, do you, what is it that you do? I said, actually, I own the salon around the corner. He said, you're my competition. I said, yes. Well, he did um, barbering uh, a teacher at the Salt Lake Community College. And he became my first mentor. So, you know, one of the things was, you know, I had somebody that I could ask questions and he gave me a lot of uh, VHS back then, you know, yeah. VHS tapes so that I could, because I was freshly out of school too. So I could do some, you know, learning more about haircuts and so forth. And then about three months later, I had another gentleman who became a friend and I said, you know, and I was just tired. I was working all these long hours. I was, you know, just overwhelmed. I was lost. I didn't know, you know, I was like, is this what, how it's going to be? Right. And so I told him, I said, for two bits, I'd sell you the salon. And he says, you know, instead of me buying it for two bits, why don't I come back and have a conversation? And the first thing he asked me was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, I had never even asked that, you know, it's sad that business owners, you know, will spend more time on a vacation, planning a vacation. They'll know what their budget is. They'll know where they're at, where they're going. They'll know where they're going to be staying, what they're going to be doing, you know, and, and we don't even know that in our business. Yep. Right. Yep. And I said, you know, I said, well, I just want to be the biggest and the best. And he said, what does that look like? And so we had a really good conversation and he became another one of my mentors. And from there it was, I, you know, what is my vision? What is it that I want to do? And what is it going to look like? And how do you even know when you get there? When I work with uh, business owners, I'll ask, you know, what's your exit strategy? You know, and I literally had business owners say, well, I'm going to work here until I die, you know, and, and it's like, and then what, you know, does this business continue going on or does it not go on or are you setting up to sell or, you, you know, I mean, so, uh, yeah, so 
a lot of different mistakes. And that kind of got me into, I also ended up um, being a partner in a nail school. And so we uh, taught nail technicians, but then we also taught them how to build businesses. So we taught several hundred nail technicians. And that's kind of, so just uh, set up a nail program for the Salt Lake Community College where taught you know technicians and that was kind of my path if you will to doing consulting work and then about five six years ago i released my clients i had a, some clients 23 years wow. which was unheard of and i had some nail clients over 16 years and i released them because my thumbs finally my hands and that and it was not viable for me to continue working and that's what i more stepped into consulting and, and working with businesses. So that's kind of a long to a, sh <laughs> to a short question. No, I love it because that really shows, you know, your progression to get to where you're at and, you know, also gaining that experience, right? Once you figured out the model, proved the model, went through the process yourself, it gave you a much different lens and perspective to be able to help other business owners going through. Because, I mean, you're right, the process and the journey, I feel like the same no matter what business you are. You, just like the e-myth talks about, you go through the different phases and the different steps. And if you get stuck in one, then that's where, you know, the breakdown and the, or the bottleneck becomes. And so you've got to have a third party or an outside perspective. And, you know, I, I think, again, you nailed it perfect. You talked about uh, the beginning, starting out, finding a mentor and checking out your competition. You talked about all of these different components that really helped you succeed in business. And I think a lot of people today, don't realize it. They feel like they're on their own. Entrepreneurship, I feel like is a very lonely journey in some ways, but it yeah. doesn't have to be, right? Because there are yeah. other people going through the, through the same challenges you are. Yeah. Well, and the sad part too, though, is that, you know, and you and I were talking about real estate and so forth. I wish I would have known so many things when I first started because my journey would have been, you know, completely different. And that, and I think that that's part of it is that, you know, um, so Robert Kiyosaki has, he talks about the four quadrants, if you will. Um, and he has, you know, on the left side, he has employee and self-employed. And then on the right side, he has a business owner and investor. And uh, one thing that I found was that employee is uh, basically using time for money, right? You're working for somebody, you're getting a paycheck, you know, you get paid by the amount of time that you're working, usually hourly. Yep. And you hope that that will, you know, suffice that you, you know, that you can take care of yourself and that. And, and maybe when you retire that you've got money, correct? Yep. Self-employed. The self-employed fallacy is that we think, okay, I'm going to get my own business, so I'll have more time freedom. I can be with my family. I can do. I can take off when I want. I can take care. Of, I can have my own schedule, right? I don't have to ask a supervisor if I can have time off to go to the doctors or to take my children to the doctors. And so I want time freedom. Well, the fallacy is that self-employed is you've created a job for yourself. And when you're not working, you're not making money. Yep. So yeah, you can have time freedom, but you don't have any money, right? So you're still working for time for money and you don't have that freedom. And, and the thing is, is that if you don't have an exit strategy or a plan, 
right, on that business on how you can still make money when you're not working, you will forever be working. And what I found like, you know, six years ago when I retired, my clients, I had the money stopped. It was like, okay, now what, right? Now what do we go to? Now on the other side, he talks about being a business owner. So what does a business owner look like? A business owner is one who has systems. You know, they have, they hire the employees that are working, but they have systems so that if they're not working, systems are still working. They can be, you know, taking a vacation and they're working and, you know, the, the company is still going with or without them. Yep. So how do you move from then being self-employed to being a business owner? And you have to have a vision for that, right? Yep. You can't say, okay, one day I'm just going to, this is going to pop up and if you don't have something in place, and I know that you've had some people on about talking about real estate investments and, you know, buying investments in that. And so the other component is can, how can you create in essence that passive income? And that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, I wish I would have known different ways of creating income so that I could have that all in place when I, you know, was no longer my own boss because I made a lousy boss. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, so yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. And you're right. And, but I think that's the, you know, the number one step to all of this that we can learn is creating that awareness. What you don't know, you don't know. And so if mm -hmm. you start probing and asking and thinking, hey, there's got to be a water, better way to this. There's got to be some sort of another solution. Talking about Kiyosaki's, um, the quadrants, right? I mean, if you're aware of that, that's when change can begin to happen. That's when, you know, where you put your focus is where you're going to see results and achieve, you know, different outcomes. And so if you're focusing on creating passive income or moving more into that investment quadrant, then you know, you go out and you get knowledge, you find mentors in that space, you do all these different things, and you're going to eventually get to that point. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed that too, in, in your consulting role and seeing so many different businesses, right? People, there's always a bottleneck, there's always something that keeps them from getting to that next level. And most of the time, it's a mindset type problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They just can't think beyond that mark. They don't see the bigger vision. They don't see, you know, what's possible. And so it takes a third party to say, hey, look, no, let's look at the roadmap here. And then we just break through the barriers. And, you know, again, I think that's one of the, the biggest things we can take away is like, figure out what you don't know and work on getting to that next level. Find yeah. somebody to help you do it. Yeah, well, and like they say, you know, you can't see the forest because of the trees, you know, yep. and that, and that's with the business. When you are in the mire of, and you're in that survival mode, right? You're in that survival mode of, because let's face it, people that are going, that are, you know, going into business per se, yep. and that usually, you know, cash flow is a cash flow is king in no matter what you're doing, right? And that, and like when I started my first business, we got a, we got a loan on our house. And my husband had said, we better not lose this house because yep. of this business. So I had that pressure, right? And um, so usually you're, you're getting money from your friends or you're going into credit card debt, which I had done as well. Um, 
you know, you're, uh, you're trying to, you know, and so pretty soon you're, you're paying Paul, you know, because you loaned from Peter and Jude and John, and, and you're just kind of going in this circle. And it's kind of like that world that goes around and around and around, and you hope that you don't get sucked into it. Yep. Um, the sad part is the Small Business Administration says that nearly 50, if not more businesses, close their doors within their first five years. Yep. Now, um, you know, when you look at that, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that you've invested in something and then you're closing and you still have to pay the debt off, right? Yep. So I had one, uh, one friend that she was opening um, essential oil business. Her and her and business partner, they found the source, you know, for all the essential oils. They were going to do their own, um, do their own uh, manufacturing. So their own bottling, you know, and, and, and everything else. So they were all set to go. They had all the marketing, the website. They had put in thousands and thousands of dollars. Then they went to get insurance. <laughs> and when they found out, because they're a manufacturer, the manufacturer, because they were going to be storing, you know, a large amount of essential oils, which are volatile and that they act, the insurance company actually wanted them to have a explosion proof roof. Right. And there's like, there's no way. And so they were not insurable back then. Yeah. Completely put them right out of business. Right. And that they could have went and looked at, okay, got estimates on this is what we're trying to do what are you know what can we what can we do i knew another gentleman that he got all of his marketing done had the name had the you know the it, the url everything but it hadn't even registered with the state yet for the business name well luckily that name wasn't taken but what if the name was taken then all that time and effort would have been okay we got to change everything up right yep another gal called me to get so with insurance because I, I also was an insurance agent so I went through all these scenarios as well and she said so I asked her I said okay so what kind of a company are you and she's we're at LLC I said great I said so both you and your partner are on the LLC is that correct and she's like well no he is and this was for one of the salons that have the studios right yep and I said, okay, if his, he's got, if he's the only one on the LLC, then you don't, you're not part of that business. You're not an owner in this business. And she said, but we're both on the lease. I said, yeah. I said, so if he, if he leaves, you're paying that lease, yep. but you don't own that business. I said, so I would go have a conversation. Right? Yep. <laughs> and that first. You know, so there's like, okay, let's get you set up properly. Let's make sure that you've got all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. You know, you understand that you need insurance, you know, that you need to know, have a legal situation, you know, so that you have that liability, that vision and mission statement. You need to have that. You need to know where you're going. I go, I was going into businesses and I would ask the employees, what is the vision or mission for this company? And where is this company going? And they, we don't know, you know, right, right. Um, you know, I mean, and so I go back to the owner, even the supervisors were like, well, I, you know, I mean, they were trying to expand, but they didn't have really a clue. I go back to the business owner. And she's like, well, they get the vision and mission when we do the onboarding, you know, and it's like, um, 
they don't know what it is. So how can they help you to move that company forward if they don't even know where you're going? And that, so your staff needs to know where you're going to and have a buy-in to it. Because employees can ruin a business quicker than anything. Yeah, it's part of that culture, right? When if you're building a, and scaling a company, you've got to create a culture where people are on the same page. They have buy-in, they have ownership. Um, and it's hard to do. I mean, especially in today's day and age, uh, it's much harder to do. I talked to a lot of friends that own businesses as well. And they're just like, it's so hard to find good people that understand that concept and want ownership of it. And, but you're right. I mean, if they don't understand, you don't create that culture, you don't create that ownership they can sink that business very quick because they are the face, they are the representation. And uh, yeah, if they're going out there into the, into the public eye, so to speak, then it could collapse very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, business can be a lot of fun if it's done right. But if, you know, if things happen, you know, it can be a monster. And um, so a little a situation for me. Um, so the same salon that I had, um, one of my nail technicians, cute little thing, um, I introduced her to the landlord's son. And um, so what happened, so they got married. Well, I had been in, the, in my business for two and a half years. So now I had expanded from a four person to the salon that I had over um, probably about eight to 10. Uh, we expanded the space. We had three massage therapists. So we had more space, you know, with clients. We were got, finally, you know, I was making that money. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that. And, uh, she, and they got married. And I just newly remodeled my salon. And that. so I'm like, hey, doing really, you know, nice and things are moving forward. And, and um, I got a, 60 days after their marriage, I got a 30 day eviction notice. And it said, because of business opportunities, we're giving you 30 day eviction notice. I'm like, and so I had, I had no idea what to do. Right. right. I mean, like, you know, I don't work with attorneys. I didn't know. So I was going to a networking business networking and there was a lawyer there. So I go to the lawyer and he says, well, first of all, that's not legal. They can't do that, right? They have to have a reason to do that. And so, uh, you know, he wrote a letter and that and he says, I'll represent you. And he said, but I'll need a retainer. So we, I started paying him about $800 a month. This was just a retainer, right? In case yep. things happen. Well, then I was being harassed and things were going on. And all of a sudden the hot water one day, you know, I'd be, shampooing a lady and there's no hot water and so i would call up and the attorney he'd send a letter and they'd say oh we've been just having some problems you know and that and they the parents had their business in the same it was like a strip mall type thing so constantly we were getting say hey people are parking where they're not supposed to be parking and you know just a lot of harassment so after about uh six months or so um, they did a deceit or they did a, an eminent domain bond on our, um, on the, on the business. And what that meant is that if they won, then I'd have to pay them $20,000 plus attorney fees. If I won, I could stay there until the end of the lease. Well, 
you know, I didn't have that kind of money. You know, I was just, you know, I was finally starting to get some money paid. So I chose to leave. Well, during that time, my attorney came to me and says, I've been hired by the district attorney. I can no longer represent you. Good luck on your endeavors. No money returned, right? You know, I paid this money, but no money returned. So what do you do? You know, you got a bad lawyer. What do you do? You go hire another lawyer. So I was still going to that networking place. Hire, you know, there was another attorney there. So I got him. So we move. I made my husband build me another salon, put me farther in debt and that. And um, this, so still, so this attorney would make the same arrangement. I'm paying him that $800 a month, right? Well, about four or five months into it, the, they put a stop order, kind of like, let's, you know, end this um, suit, lawsuit, because we were suing them for damages and, and so forth. And I get to, I get to court and my attorney doesn't show up. And I'm like, oh man, I says, your, your honor, I says, my attorney's not here. Right. So, uh, so he, um, you know, gives us some time. And that, so I go to another attorney, not from the networking group. I go to another attorney. And this attorney says, first of all, it will cost you $10,000 for me to even walk into court. There's no guarantee. They're not going to pay you punitive damages. And if I go a second day, it's another $10,000. Oh, and I wow. said, okay, what is it going to cost for this to go away? And he said, I'll write a letter and it will be $500. And I said, let's do it. So for all of that and all that time and all that effort and everything, I was so far in debt. And I just kept saying, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. And I, and I ended up filing business bankruptcy and that. And, you know, devastating because, you know, you think, oh, I'm such a failure. I'm, you know, I'm this and I'm that, you know. And it was, it was hard. It was devastating. Um, had I, so that's why I also, there's a company called Legal Shield. Had I had that company, which is a monthly membership and that you have unlimited consultation with attorneys that are top attorneys, I would have never have gone through that. And so that's why I'm a component of, you know, there's certain, um, businesses that I work with and certain, you know, joint partnerships and different things that I'm a great proponent of because I didn't know where to go, you know, and I didn't know what to do. And I'm in a situation that it's like, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't ask for it. And that's what happens sometimes in business. You know, I mean, sometimes businesses go absolutely sideways, like the pandemic on businesses. You know, all of a sudden you've got governments telling you, you have to shut down, but, yep. but you're still expected to pay your employees. You know, you're still expected to, you know, but hey, so sorry. So I was doing insurance at the time. We'd have business owners call us say, well, my business is shut down. What kind of insurance coverage do we get? Right. Because there's a part in business of if your business stops, then you can have coverage. Right. But it only stops if there's a equipment breakdown or if there was a flood or damage to the building, do you get insurance coverage? There's nothing for pandemics, you know? And so what kind of contingencies and so forth? And it's so sad because everybody thinks, and you probably have heard this, everybody thinks that business owners have money. 
<laughs> True. Right? Yep. <laughs> You're a business owner, so you have lots of money, you know, in that. We're paying, you know, we they kind of figure, okay, if I I'm we're I'm getting paid twenty dollars an hour, but you're charging eighty dollars an hour for services, and so you're getting paid sixty dollars an hour. They don't see the business owners are the last ones to get paid. Yep. Right. All of the utilities and the loans and everything else are set up because we don't set it up right. On that, there's and I keep throwing out these books, but there's so many different ways of educating yourself for free. But I love this one book that's called Profit First. Yep. And it talks about setting it up so you're making money, and then you, in essence, you go like, okay, I need this much money to bring in, you know, the the house. So how much do I need to bring into the business so that I can bring home this amount of money? You know, and. Yeah, so that's why I get so passionate about businesses is because in essence, business owners are on the front line. You know, I mean, they're fighting for their family. They're fighting for their business, but they're also fighting for their employees and they're fighting for their clients. Yep. Totally. You know, and sometimes we're not, sometimes we need a pat on the back. <laughs> yep. Know? Yep. No, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Well, you know, we're coming a little bit close on time here. So I've got two more questions for you. Um, the first one is what advice would you give to somebody just starting out then? So I think the first thing is, if nothing else, the best advice is to have a vision and mission statement. You know, I mean, understand why you're going into business and, and where you want to be, because then that's going to help you define what you need to do and the steps that you need to take, right? Um, and then, you know, within that vision and mission statement, then, um, you know, is what are your clients? Who are those clients gonna look like? And, and then another thing is I always tell people, do a survey, right? Say, you know, I mean, and go to the people that you think would be your clients, the type of clients that you want, and just ask them. You know, hey, I'm thinking about opening up this business, um, you know, and this is what I'm looking at. What is it that you've liked, like any consultant? What is it that you haven't liked? Um, what is it that you wish that you could have? And that, and then when you launch your business, now you've already got prospects. Now you go back to them and say, hey, you know, we talked about it. And this, these are some things that I can offer. I would love to um, talk with you and, and, you know, and so forth. And then the next one is, hey, you know, I do, I do a free strategy session just to sit down and let's have a conversation. Let's have that 360 uh, view for businesses. There's no cost to it. And you can check it out. You can check me out on the businessownersadvocate.com. And, you know, um, it's kind of like you've got nothing to lose you know, or nothing to gain, or you've got everything to gain and everything to lose, right? right? Because you don't get, don't go into business blind, I guess. You know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, get your ducks in a row. And I, I, that's an amazing offer. I'll make sure that that's in the show notes. Um, and then 
you know, what other ways can people reach out to you? Is that the best way or is there social media? Best way is, yeah, the businessownersadvocate.com. And my, uh, you can also reach me at Lisa at lisamyers.com. And that's L-E-E-S-A at uh, L-E-E-S-A-M-Y-E-R-S. Uh, well, I, people always misspell either my first name or my last. So yeah, sure, so. Sure. no, that's perfect. <laughs> Spell that's it perfect. out, and I'll make sure that you have that, that too. But yeah, I've got a, a do-it-yourself uh, business set up that's online. It's sixty-seven dollars. It's worth two hundred and forty value, but it also offers you uh, a chance to talk with a CPA, do a tax strategy with her, and she is a component of Profit First as well. Nice. Um, and she'll talk about entities and, and the proper entity to set up. And then I work with a lot of uh, biz, you know, strategic business partners that I can put them in touch with as well. But again, David, thank you so much for letting me share, gather the passion and just making sure business owners succeed. Absolutely. I appreciate you being on the show. So this last question I've got for you as we're wrapping up here. Um, this is one of my favorites. I ask it every episode and this one's a little bit deeper and this goes into probably even more so of the heart of why you're a business owner and um, what your legacy is. So the question simply is if you were given one more day to live, what advice or what wisdom would you leave behind as your legacy? To be honest, right now where I'm at, you know, and it'd be different tomorrow. So it's like, they say, don't quote me because tomorrow could be different. But uh, right now I'm looking at getting out of the rat race and the rat race is, you know, being able to spend more time with my family, um, spending more time with my husband as we are advancing in age and that. And I love business, but business is a way to get you to the time when you can spend time with you with your family. And if it's keeping you trapped in business, then look at other ways of making of moving from the one quadrant over to the other quadrant, right? Or to get and that. And so uh, Robert Kiyosaki has a game called Cash Flow. And in that cash flow he talks about the rat race. How can you get out of the rat race quickly? And that's kind of, I wish I would have I wish I would have known about that game from the very onset of business because my vision and mission statement would have been completely different on how can I use your business as a vehicle, yep. right? Your business is a vehicle to get you to where it is that you want to go in life and leave that legacy. A business is not to um, be that job that ties you to that business so that when you die, then you're leaving problems for your family not leaving them a legacy. So yeah, so mine is, how can you use your business as a vehicle to get where you want, not to tie you down? I love it. Fantastic advice. And it's a great ending point and starting point for our listeners, right? Go begin with the end in mind is one of the greatest quotes that I've ever heard. Look at the future of what you want to create. And then the roadmap and the path will automatically fall into place how it's supposed to you'll figure out the steps of how to get there but you've got to begin with that big picture mindset and it will change everything well lisa this has been an amazing episode again i appreciate you taking the time to be with us today Um, i'll make sure your contact info is in the show notes and that uh, our listeners can reach out to you that way 
Um, and everybody out there, always remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. Go out, make it a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, JotForm, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.